Welcome, everybody, to the third episode of Podcast Cube. I'm your host for today, Sunny, along with Andrew, Rena, and Riley. And here we have our special guest for this week, Mr. Nickel. I keep telling everyone I'm special. You're the only one who actually says the word. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Nickel, thank you. How it's a delight your... to be here. That's is that's here great. a thing, really? Like, what do we call when you're in Zoom? Yes. Here doesn't really apply. What word? Well, technically, it applies if you're all in the same. I think like, it's like mindset. <laughs> do we need to coin a new word for that? Because it's not a, a physical place; it's a virtual place. So, what instead of here? What there? does it say? But like you're here emotionally. Yeah, it's, and like we're all like. Oh, that overestimates my involvement right now. Oh. Oh, oh okay. Oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. If you're but... expecting a sincere answer today, you've come to the wrong person. It's okay. That's our podcast is mainly just very uh, chaotic. I think is the best yeah. word to describe yes. it. Yes. Our tagline is "It's the most chaotic podcast." Perfect. Is that our tagline? Yes. I think that's what's on the website. There's a website? <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways, how was your quarantine, Mr. Nicole? Um, our nightly routine changed 0%. When we get home, we have supper together. We don't invite people over. We generally don't go over if people invite us to a party that's greater than two other people. So Lovely. Oh like gosh. our family is absolutely the poster child for don't interact with others. <laughs> <laughs> the only issue we had really is that we generally take a, a walk after supper every night, unless it's extremely cold. I mean, you can still do that now, right? We do, except because everyone was getting bored, our usual route was overpopulated with human animals and we started to get a little cranky about it because it was our route. Mr. Nickel. Yes. Can I <laughs> offer a sort of solution? I, so, we found one. What's your idea? Okay, my idea is you okay, this is the first step. You adopt like 30 rabbits. Okay. Now you take these rabbits on your walk for you. You only need to do this for like a week or two. You take these rabbits on the walk with you so they get used to the trail. And so now there's a bunch of rabbits there. So everyone goes to the trail like, oh, there's rabbits. But then because of the sheer quantity of rabbits, because they reproduce so fast, a huge swarm of coyotes comes in and everyone's scared to go on the trail because they're afraid they'll see a coyote eating a rabbit. That's not a and, bad idea. And rabbits are, are selected. Coyotes are very well urban adapted. Our solution was a little less involved. We just changed our route. <laughs> so yeah, it's been our family's been great. We've, we're we're healthy. Um, you know, fortunately, we've all kept our jobs, which is really good. I mean, our thirteen-year-old doesn't have a job. Um, obviously, oh. he more than anyone actually needs human interaction. So. He essentially has been cranking his academics out in the morning and his afternoons are off on his bike with a buddy or two. So the rest of us are pretty introverted to believe it or not. Wow. So we're happy being at home with a book. Oh, that's that's been one thing that's been struggling with me, that library being closed down. I have scoured every single book in our personal library. I've read everything. Okay, so for this podcast episode, we kind of put together some general topics and activities to do. And the first one we came up with was this tournament bracket, unethical but should be done experiments. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, do you want to take over? So me and Riley, we put some time together and we came up with seven ideas that, you know, that are experiments that are unethical but should be done because of how far they would advance scientific um, knowledge. So there's only seven of these ideas. We left a Nichols Choice wild card in the tournament as well, in case you had any. Ooh. So are you ready to begin the tournament, Mr. Nichol? I am. I even have a pad and a pen. Ooh. Whoa. Thank you. All right. I guess let's start listing the 
experiments. Okay, so why don't we go to the first round, okay? So there's a total of eight ideas. Let's just go to the first two, and one will be uh, going to the next round between these two. Number one, the trolley problem, but doing it in real life. Just a disclaimer, the trolley problem has kind of been done in, like, where the person gets to sit in the booth, and they don't actually see, like, real trains. They just see videos. Right. But this we mean, like, actually you standing by the tracks with the actual yeah, like, lever and you see the trolleys yeah, physically. Like, yeah, the train's heading down a track where there's five people on it and you can either flip the track so that the train only runs over one person or stay out of it and let the train hit the five people, but you're not complacent, like complacent. An interesting wrinkle, you might be able to do a co-study there. You take people on death row who have used all of their appeals. Mm-hmm. And then say, hey, there's a study that you could be involved in, and uh, here are the outcomes for you. Certain death or full exoneration. That I feel like has gotten more unethical. I think you just made that more I unethical. Like, <laughs> I feel like the court system would not allow that. The just whole maybe. exoneration thing. And if they did, then we should just do 100 games instead. True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, hey, you got my mind going to that place that I don't often It's going there. Okay, trolley problem live. Okay. Versus? The human Z. So this is crossbreeding a human with a chimpanzee and then oh studying God. the product. <laughs> 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 this kind of went very downhill very fast. <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> I think this, I, I did some research, I think this has done, been done before, but never successfully in the past, right? Yes. I'm hoping here that this is an in vitro fertilization. Uh, no, in the past when they tried this, <laughs> they put human sperm in oh, no. female chimpanzees, so the he- female chimpanzees always died. Oh, so it's been done? It's allegedly. kind of been done. Allegedly. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Who knows how much? How I guess here you, you're allowed to choose if you think the chimpanzee should be the carrier of this child or the human should. Or the human. Does that make it like less or more ethical? Oh, I think you're going with yes on that one. To it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, on the one hand, there's an ick factor to the human Z that is really intriguing but i don't know if this has allegedly been done before and the viability of the offspring are zero i'm not sure why we would waste our time if we can't make viable offspring with our closest eight neighbors then the answer kind of has already been established so i would go with trolley live mm. whoa hey okay. i push really hard for death row people See how many of them take the bet. That's a hot take. <laughs> That's a very hot take. Okay. Oh yeah, I agree with that. I think the trolley problem has more potential and can teach us more about psychology than the humans you can. Whoa, there's way more psychological suffering with that one for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so trolley problem through human Z out. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Next two. All right, so this is a real life Truman show. Versus and then the idea that's going to be going up against it is taking a set of twins and separating them at birth and then studying how, you know, how they function as they go forward in life. Can we increase the sample size of the twins or does it have to be just a set? Because no, we can do a plus or minus infinity with uncertainty. We can take a bunch of twins and do it. Do they all have to be identical twins? All the twins. <laughs> yeah, you're probably not, you probably want the old monozygotic there, Sonny, just because... I would make like sense, not, people's appearance does impact how others interact with them. Mm-hmm, definitely. So if we could, yeah, if we could source, what's a good, a thousand twin sets is 2000 enough. I think there's so enough. many variables to control with that one. I like it though. More than the Truman show. You, know, you could do like the Truman not- show, but with two different worlds. And then yes. you split those twins into two Truman Show worlds. The Truman Show was released right at the cusp of the beginning of a bunch of TV networks realizing that they could have a large viewership with a very low production value show. 
and it was mm -hmm. asking questions about that. So I would the twins is a little more evil, I think. Can I pitch you an idea for the Truman Show then? Okay. Is we did Twins Truman Show. Is you you Truman Show an entire town and the first generation are all actors, but then after that, everyone thinks that like everyone thinks that that town is the only life that they know because no you're not paying any actors anymore everyone who lives there has been born into it but it would it would just become another that it's called the soviet union <laughs> no but just recreate the soviet union you know and and mao era china there were still people that realized what the game was and did everything in their power to subvert it so it sounds great, the generational thing, but there would still be enough of an inkling, you know, a tiny little underground. Mind you, you could fill in that, and that would be a good little subplot, wouldn't it? Mm. Oh, tough one. I think the separating twins at birth is a little more evil. So I'm going to, if we're talking about unethical, raising twins, one of them, for lack of a better term, well, and the others horribly and see how they turned out. I think that that wins the evil sweepstakes. For me. Mega mind them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and the ones who are raised well, we can raise in a place called Metrocity. Exactly. Let's go twins. All right. Twins defeats Jim Carrey in the Truman Show and moves on to the next round. None of these are easy. So the next bracket we have is between human clones, so cloning humans. And we can go any direction we want with that. Very broad idea. And then the second half, um, have you seen, have you watched The Office, Mr. Nickel? Uh, yes, the full two series plus Christmas special of the UK. The American version, I haven't watched all of it. I'm not one of those, by the way, that thinks the UK version is superior they're both really good at what they do. So yes, I'm familiar with The Office, both versions. Um, did you watch the episode where um, Jim pranks Dwight by putting in an Asian version of himself? <laughs> I have not seen that. <laughs> Riley, would you like to explain it? Oh, uh, one morning, Dwight comes into work and he finds that there's not his regular desk buddy, Jim, but an Asian man sitting there but everyone treats this new Asian man as Jim. And like even the little details, like the pictures, like the family picture on Jim's desk is now the Asian man. And the, and the Asian guy knows like all the passcodes to all the Dunder Mifflin things. And everyone just oh. tries to convince Dwight that that's always been Jim. But do that in real life. Just replace somebody's family member or I, friend. I'd be all over that. I don't think that's unethical. I think that's... <laughs> but it's like fun. for the rest of his life. Yeah. You yeah. have yeah. that person yeah. there and just stays there. Five weeks until he breaks. I mean, also, the, you're kind of driving someone to insanity. Like, you are definitely probably inducing some sort of, if not chemical... Trauma? Paranoid schizophrenia, definite like paranoid personality disorder. What if we just keep replacing people in one person's life and just keep taking people out of his life and putting in other people? Andrew, I don't, we shouldn't think, we, man, we should not get together to plan any of these. <laughs> <laughs> what if you had a weekly rotation? Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's like one that week you common. have this one guy, and then the next week you have this like other guy. And then you're you replacing only one person, though, or just like yeah. everyone every higher level. Okay, slowly. It, it's like the. What if you replace one person every day? That'd be exciting. You might catch that game, though. Yeah, I think I think you do it slowly. Like just one person okay. every month is different. And then, but if you and then if you start to this has been done actually not intentionally, but there's been enough data change that if you randomly punish a puppy for absolutely no good yeah. reason, oh no, they become more loyal because they what? don't know which activities gave them praise and which activities give them punishment. So they just 
try to suck up to you incessantly, hoping to avoid the punishment. That's a toxic relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the puppy got out of the relationship. Twenty percent of marriages. Oh, oh. okay. This is real. <laughs> what about this? What if you took all of the people in someone's life and then you slowly replaced all of them with people that look similar to the person they replace? It could be done. I think it would be easier to do just the gym, just because you have to have a smaller group. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think if you do it, it can't be like a family member. It has to be someone that's like you interact with, but it's not you're so close with that. Like, you know, all their mannerisms, like like a workplace colleague or like someone you see maybe once a week, kind of like that thing, you know? That's right. Well, I, I think you should like you start there and then as they're freaking out, confessing to their family, like what's going on? Suddenly their family starts disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you tell someone about it, they disappear. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just oh, now we're going. 1984. <laughs> <laughs> Government from 1984, like half these things have been that. Oh no. I, you know, just because human clones are, I'm assuming that we can see the whole bracket here. So I would go human clones out because we already have the twin study. Mm-hmm coming online and the replace gym has so many variations on a theme so i would i would do uh the replace gym but i would add the the randomized gym over time start <laughs> filling with time interval the replacing gym going forward we have our final round in the um the eight person seed it is genetically engineering bad things out of people like when they're born genetically and en- using genetically engineering technology to make someone better for example are they perfect or just better like who knows the, Whatever the, best, I want. the best version of what they could be like in the movie oh yeah. my goodness that sounds like an 80s self-help book <laughs> <laughs> we want you to be the best version of you <laughs> Oh or the 1997 We'll do it at a molecular level. And then that's going up against Nickel's choice. Is there anything that, Mr. Nickel, you want to put into our bracket in the last seed? Just because it's topical, let's just let COVID do its thing. <laughs> um, like, oh let's carry on as though it was October 2019. Put a bunch of epidemiologists to work and see, okay, what comes at the end of this thing if we don't bother with any changes? Let's throw the little ones into kindergartens, loaded cheek by jowl, sharing the same sandbox. Let's throw the people in the really cramped um, you know, factories working together and and Exactly how many people can we get to 50 million like the Spanish flu? So if you let it go and just call the herd, then what does our herd immunity look like? Because there are two ways to get herd immunity, right? Inoculation is one or through infection. So what if we just let's go, everybody? Out you go. Second wave comes, just carry on, everyone. You're feeling a little sick. You know, but you're still functional. Go ahead and show up to work, go to school. And then get the epidemiologists on it. Let's see if, if is there a genetic susceptibility in certain populations of the world? Is there something tied to, like you could get so much data out of that epidemiologically. Now that's with respect to respiratory illness, nothing else, but I think you'd get some great data. I think it'd be fascinating to look at. I think it'd be studied for like decades and decades to come if we just let COVID do its thing. Yeah, like, hey, people who eat Parmesan don't develop symptoms. <laughs> oh my gosh. Maybe. Okay. But I'm not going to vote on this one because I've got a baby in there. So you guys get to decide between... <gasps> Genetically modified people in order to get rid of, you know, predispositions towards sociopathy, predisposition toward 
maybe anger management issues, predisposition toward addictions versus let's get the epidemiology, let's get proper data, let's get a sample size of 7 billion people and a nasty respiratory virus. You guys vote. Okay, uh, so I just want to set some basis for the genetic, genetically engineered people. Will they only be genetically engineered and fixed at birth, or is there just like you're continuously fixing them throughout their lifetime? Like, okay, what, what, what if we made the what if we made the GMO a little bit more interesting? I think we're moving. We might be moving toward a winner here. Ready, everybody? Yeah. Let's take the twin study mm -hmm. and marry it with the genetically modified people. Interesting. You genetically modify one. Genetically modified. We knew a gene locus, and if you just changed a guanine to a cytosine, the chances of sociopathic behavior increase twentyfold. So let's take two identical twins that, were, for lack of a better term, are going to be normal, non-sociopathic people, and let's take those people, raise them in the same environment, but change the one nucleotide. And then that's terrifying <laughs> oh god it's fascinating but then you'd have to get rid of oh man that would go a long way toward nature versus nurture so you take of the thousand sets of twins that we've established 500 of them don't change them genetically raise them in different environments and then the other 500 raise them in the same environment but change them genetically nature versus nurture that's i think that'll be that's I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's terrible. Is the data valuable enough? Which one of these? Let's go. How about this? First, well, first of all, you people have to resolve the uh, genetically modified people versus COVID. I'm, I'm scared to I'm choose gonna, one. I think I'm going to vote genetically modified people because we could always do like we, we had the Spanish flu. We had a bunch of other things. We could do that more, but I think it would be cooler to make superhumans a thing. Right. Rena, how do you feel? Mm, I think I'm going to go with COVID, just because, like, I don't know. All right, so we're split. Sunny, why, don't you, vote? why don't you vote? Because oh. I came up with this whole bracket. So I also... Oh. Have, you know. I'm the tiebreaker? Yeah. I thought I could avoid it, but okay. I thought... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we have genetic, genetically modified people, and I think that's a really interesting idea because there's so many ways you can go with it. For example, like the twins, you can do like a controlled sample of one twin, one group of twins, and then like a different sample with another group of twins. Or, but also I think coronavirus and just letting it run is kind of a terrifying idea. So let me try and maybe kill my own baby a little bit before you get <laughs> oh. too far, Sunny. Okay. The GMO people, the ability to control variables is much greater. So while the data collection would be typically science snail's pace incremental, the data set would probably <coughs> be a little more trustworthy in terms of cause effect. Mm-hmm. If we went COVID, the data set is awesome and huge and probably gathered within maximum 18 month period. But then you'd need some wicked computing power to try to control all the different variables to see the different outcomes. Yeah, that's very One true. of them gets think... a very slow data set that's probably more trustworthy. Another one gets you a really huge quick data set that you're going to have to do a lot of modeling with. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think for that reason, I might go with, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the human, genetically modified humans. Yeah, exactly. Coronavirus is, I mean, we're already doing a lot of research on coronavirus right now. And there's also, there's been a lot of pandemics and influenzas in the past that we can also look at, not just coronavirus itself. So I think maybe humans have more potential in this situation. <laughs> and just okay. like that, COVID is out of the race. Can I just point out, um, 
I liked it when Mr. Nichols making a making a case for to genetically modify humans over COVID when he said, um, let me just kill my baby just a little bit here. That was like good. <laughs> <laughs> and we have our final four. Are ready to go to the semifinals of this? Trolley versus the um replacing gym. Trolley, Trolley Live has so many more variables that you could manipulate. But what if Jim, what's his last name? Helper. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're Jim replace Helper. Jim, you're you're mind bending an individual. Mm-hmm. The probably trolley problem you could afflict on a whole bunch of different people. And then you could have sample sets. You could uh, control for what do people from different cultures do in that situation? Uh, what do people with different mental illnesses do in that situation? What do people with a mathematical background do in that situation. I think the trolley problem we get better data. I so if we're going to be unethical anyway, let's be unethical that gives us really great data. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the replacing gym thing. Problem. I think the replacing gym thing. It's like you know a very fascinating, dark, twisted fantasy. But what can we really take away from it? What can we? What data can we really extract from just driving a person crazy? You know? It's a great practical That's joke, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you could do that for a week on someone who doesn't know i think we should do this i think we should do this when school opens <laughs> this would totally, i don't think oh my gosh so yeah replace jim is a good practical joke but in terms of data it's a relatively small set i think the trolley problem wins there all right trolley mm-hmm. problem goes to the final round and it will be facing either the twins experiment or the genetically modified humans what do you feel about this i i i think you got to if you're, if you're wondering about nature versus nurture, which has been discussed probably for millennia, I think manipulating people at genetic level and seeing what that does is probably better. I think we can learn a lot about nature versus nurture with the twins as well. I, d- I, I think so, but we can, with the genetics, yeah, you almost have to combine genetics with clones. Can we do that? Can we can we go back in rounds and say, "Hey, human clones, come over with us to come back"? Yeah, <laughs> because then we can take an infinite number of identical twins and only change allele at a time. Or we can we can even combine the genetically modified humans and the twins together into the and then put them into the final to get the trolley problem. Well, that's the winner right there, then. Yeah. Genetically modified twins? This, this might be the first bracket tournament where all of them won. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's a, very true. Yeah, it's a tie. Yeah, you, you could do, if you combined twins in different environments and twins in the same environment, but different alleles, it would take a long time to get there. We're probably talking generations, but we'd probably get some pretty interesting data there. And history would not treat us well. No. <laughs> History's not going to treat us That's not the goal here. I mean, we, 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 we raise sentient feeling animals in horrible conditions just so we can slaughter them and eat their flesh. They're, 600 years from now, they're going to look at us like the barbarians we are. Oh, and they taste so good. Well, I think we should do it. I think we should marry the genetically modified humans and twins and put that into the final round. What do you guys think? I like it. Yeah, I like that. Finals will be the GMO and twins versus the trolley problem. That's oh, easy. You yeah. can control so many more variables with GMOs and twins. Yeah, I agree with that. Plus, the trolley problem's kind of been done. The trolley problem might come back a little disappointing where if it is strangers, then five beats one every time. Well, either way, I think... We all have a winner in this very unethical tournament and it co- has come down to become the winner. Genetically modified humans and twins as a married experiment. There you have it. The most unethical, turn- unethical scientific experiment but should be done to advance our scientific knowledge. Good job. It, the, designing that study to control variables, I'm already starting to shake about it. It is huge. The number of variables you'd have to try to control to get data that you could consider valid, but probably doable. Are you talking about yourself doing it or just in general that it could be done? I am not that interested. I'm, 
I love the results of research. I am not a research-oriented person. I found that out quite early in my undergrad days, that something like a doctorate in a lab for the rest of my life was not appealing. But those people are vital to what we do. They're important. That basic research is so important to progressing what we know. Definitely. Unfortunately, our last prime minister cut government funding to basic research. If you were going to do research at a university, there had to be a practical, economically viable application for that research if you were to get government funding. Climate science finally getting its recognition. <laughs> well, also that former prime minister whose name shall not be spoken made it almost impossible for anybody to speak to a government scientist. We used to have in HL Chem an optional unit called environmental chemistry. And we'd bring in somebody who was working on algal blooms in Lake Winnipeg to talk about eutrophication, what the impacts of nitrate and phosphate-based fertilizers are. Amazing stuff. Went to get them to talk oh, 2012, maybe? They said, can't do it. I'm being muted. So there was a process through which we could go to try to get them permission to come and talk to us. It was about six months long. So literally an attack on democratic institutions. What if we... Can I add a late comer to the party? What if we just said, burn every fossil fuel now and let's see what happens? <laughs> oh, oh, um, I like it. Well, you know, we were in the process let's of just that. light every barrel of oil that we have and see what 20 years down the road fire. looks like. If there even will be 20 years down the road. Well, then if it gets too much, then we can just throw a whole bunch of silver chloride particles into the atmosphere and block the sun out for a few months. That that's the exact same plot as Snowpiercer, and that ends badly. Oh, yeah, it ends horribly. Yeah, I, I think the idea of geoengineering has so many unintended consequences, I don't think we should go there. Mm -hmm. If Mother <laughs> Earth wants to just brush us off of her shoulder, then she will. She Flooding. always does. So on the topic of science, we were also, because, Mr. Nicola, you're a chemistry IB teacher. You are? Yes. <laughs> we were thinking, um, since you know, I hope you know, the periodic table very well. <laughs> Reasonably well, but I also have an electronic copy that I could pull up in front of me. We were thinking if you could assign an element to us and Each give us a reason why. Of you people? Yeah, yeah. and an element for based yourself. On, based on what you know about us. Okay, hold on. Just let me get my IB data Bible up and running. Whoa, okay. That begs the next, next question. Should we be praying to IB or criticizing it? What? <laughs> well, when I say data Bible, I do, I do that with tongue firmly in cheek in that the one thing about the fundamentalist people who talk about a Bible is that it has all the answers. And the one thing that you will never hear a scientist say is that we have all the answers. Huh. That's why I call it a data Bible. It's not gospel. It's going to change at some point. Somebody's going to inconvenience chemistry by destroying it, just like Einstein did to physics those years ago. This brings me, next year you guys will be introduced to the element of the week. Element of the week? Element of the week. Is it going to be with like the, the, the monitors with like uh, Chinese phrase of the week, Latin phrase of the week, and then element of the week? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. The element first of all gets played with a theme song. I don't know if you guys can hear it if I play it or not, but I'll try. Is that coming through? Yes. It's actually a theme song from a sitcom in the 1960s. But oh, we should have played that for the intro of our podcast. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna go real easy right now. Rena gets rhenium. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Always. What's the All reason right, for that? Disappointingly low-hanging fruit, but come on. Uh, okay, yeah, rhenium. That's a little disappointing, but let's take a look at rhenium's. Oh, I don't have my element of the week book with me. There's a book. Atomic number seventy-five. This doesn't describe rhenium at all. Well, it's <laughs> one of the rarest elements. That's good. Oh, is rhenium hmm. rare? How about this? Am Absolutely. I? Okay, rhenium is. Uh, not a particularly volatile personality. 
It has the third highest melting point and second highest boiling point of any stable element at 5,903 Kelvin. Oh. And Rena's like an even keel kind of person. I am vibing. It's hard to set on fire. <laughs> Should we try? <laughs> yeah, Rena, go for it. Just get wow. a lighter. 2008-2009 per kilogram American dollars 10,600. Okay. That's expensive. That's an expensive Rena. Wow. Maybe you should start selling. Well, Rena is priceless. Body. I'm putting a price on Renium here. Your body. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about everyone else? All right. What about our other ChemIV student, Riley? Oh, God. Yes. Riley, Riley, Riley. Riley, he likes to think a lot. <laughs> that's that does that's debatable, I think. <laughs> he, he doesn't he doesn't get riled up too much. But he gets not, silently offended. He's, he's not boring. So I would like platinum and gold are non-reactive and therefore they're good and pretty steady, but they're too boring. Yeah, I think Riley has a chaotic element to him. Well, in he, I mean, everyone's one of a kind, but Riley is kind of a one of a kind. So what if we went with a relatively non-reactive metal? Okay. But still unique enough to be its own thing, and that would be mercury, because it's a liquid at SAT. Yeah, Wait, guys, am I toxic? <laughs> oh. Very. <laughs> Only the ions are. Ooh. Or the fumes, yeah, it's toxic. Oh, God. <laughs> Riley, you're toxic. <laughs> Riley, your fumes are toxic. <laughs> Mr. Michael. I'm more with the unique nature of it. I'm not allowed to breathe my fumes anymore. <laughs> Tell you what, though, you could be used to make a hell of a hat. What about Andrew? Mm, oh, Andrew did a lot of the changing of the mind in TOK. Fair statement, Andrew? Uh, yes. You'd sure. come in with an idea and then we talk about it a little bit more and then you chime in with I'd like to retract my initial thoughts and replace them with another one because Andrew can change his mind and he does so thoughtfully and readily and without too much trouble mm -hmm. I would go manganese manganese has the greatest number of oxidation states of any element and because you can switch from one oxidation state to another with your opinion I think manganese fits I like that I like that wow so I think I'm I'm gonna say I'm hitting three for three. Mm -hmm. But that's very interesting. Here comes the Sonny. There's a reason I put you last. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, hold on. <laughs> because we don't like you. <laughs> Riley, you're toxic. Like with Rena and Renium, simple, right? Mm -hmm. But do I do I do I just give you helium? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Which Wait, is completely, to, as far as we know, inert, non-reactive element does not describe you even remote. I don't know what's so, being said about me here. <laughs> so helium doesn't work. You have to have the ability to react. I'm very reactive. She's not, not very she's reactive. Not I mean, you're proactive in that sense, but you definitely have a passion about you that is completely missing in helium. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And wow, okay. you, as I mentioned, are already, you're a natural leader. You, so I don't Thank think you. an inert element works. Now, down a little bit from helium is xenon, which can react, Okay. but not very reactive. So you don't let yourself get worked up that much, but you certainly are not inert. And in the 1990s, there was a show called Xena, Warrior Princess. The main character was Xena, and she was this opinionated, strong woman. And that sounds to me like you. Even though Xenon is not particularly reactive, there's still a bit of Xena-ness to you, which is you've got your opinions and you're not afraid to lead. She's an infamous warrior on a quest to seek redemption for her past sins. <laughs> is that you, Sonny? 
Honey, how much have you By using her formidable fighting skills to now help those who are unable to defend themselves. So Sunny, I see you as a little bit, you know, you could be protective, but definitely a leader. I don't know if you have any skeletons in your closet. I don't <laughs> think you should uh, reveal them in a podcast if you do. But it's a noble gas, like a noble person. It's not overly reactive, but still has the ability to suss things out if you need to. And it sounds a bit like Xena. I like that. <laughs> okay, so then you guys get to rate uh, uh, yes or no. Are you happy with the choice? And I'm fine if you don't, because we already killed COVID. <laughs> uh, Rena, you. I mean, like, I'm I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Look at her not getting melted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's okay. Perfect. Riley? I like being special, so hell yeah. And you make great hats. Remember that. Oh, I do. That's true. <laughs> Andrew? I like it a lot. I, I appreciate it a lot. Good. Sonny? No, I love it. I'm just, I got my ego boosted for like five minutes. So I don't think <laughs> I can not like it. Okay, okay. question what to you guys. You... you tell me which you... element I am. And it cannot be element number 28. Oh, I'm trying I, to... I have an idea. I have an idea. I have a pitch. Okay, what is okay. it? So, what about uranium? God damn it, that's what I was going to do. It's pretty unique, it's pretty interesting, but also it has a pretty dark side. I think that relates to Mr. Nickel pretty well. I'm going to say cesium. I don't know, like, if Mr. Nickel... I, I think Mr. Nickel would go out with a bang, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> when cesium reacts with water, it just, like... It's, yes, it definitely... And there's always the anger right near the surface with me. My wife had to talk me back from a ledge a few days ago because one of your predecessors in IB was playing rat ball at Vivo and his little brother got into it with somebody who was wearing a Churchill basketball shirt and he wanted his contact information, which is, I'm never gonna do that. And as I was making the email to the kid, I was going on and on and on about leave it on the court, you wimp. I can't believe how wimpy this guy is. This is soft. I have no respect for this person anymore. <laughs> I was like, why are you so angry about it? <laughs> like, That's basketball me. It's it's on the court. You're there, you're a gladiator. You got beat up by a guy because you fouled him and didn't call it. Leave it. So good. Cesium, good. Uranium, okay. Sunny, do you have one? I'm honestly not very good with the periodic table, but I think cesium was a really good one. And can I pitch something? I think, I, I, hear me out. I think you're a strontium. Strontium, it's, uh, strontium-90 is what's like in radioactive fallout. And it, the, the biggest problem with it is that people absorb it like they do calcium and then it goes into their bones and starts giving them bone cancer, which is like a bad thing. But I think- in Are a you very calling Mr. Nickel cancer? What? I, I think in a very similar vein, once you get exposed to Mr. Nickel, it's like, it's a life-changing experience. Like it seeps into your very essence and your soul <laughs> and forever you'll be a little bit of Mr. Nickel. Oh my like, God. You can tell something has happened. Like they're screaming upstairs which is which would be the atomic blast and it's like oh i can feel a little bit of mr nickel inside of me in the form of metastasized bone cancer <laughs> i think there's an underlying message here for you mr nickel no I, that's those are kind words riley uh i love it you're all correct andrew the only issue i would have with element number 92 is its real name is Uranus, but nobody pronounced it that way. They normally say Uranus. Ah, Uranus. <laughs> but I have on more than a few occasions been called an asshole. Oh. <laughs> so instead of uranium, are you Uranusium? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, cesium, Rena, you're right. There's a there's there's a hard boil on me all the time. Um, I get very frustrated with irrationality 
really easily. I get frustrated with the, what is it, 45th president of the United States? It's his birthday today, and Twitter is trending hashtag all birthdays matter. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, so I that's good. That. And then, uh, yeah, right. Thank you. That's very nice outside of the bone cancer part. I like all three. Also, hey, wow, it's got one extra S and less an E. But if you take a look at the letters of cesium, uranium, and strontium, they could spell the word curse phonetically. And I do a bit of that. <laughs> I, I think what you chose today is closer to me if you were to like make an alloy of them than just nickel. By the way, do you know the etymology of nickel? It depends upon how the translate translation comes, but it, it is very commonly found with copper. And people knew copper because it's distinct color, but there was something else there kind of getting in the way of copper being pure. And so when they discovered nickel, the Germans called it Kupfernickel, and the Kupfer is copper. And the nickel stands for either demon or Satan. Oh, good. <laughs> So I'm curious to know what my ancestors did. <laughs> I, I don't know. I saw a couple of them in Argentina a while ago. Don't know what they're doing down there. That's right. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> there is a Simpsons episode, and they were just showing street scenes throughout the entire world. And the street scene that they had in Buenos Aires was uh, somebody with back turned to you, bicycling along, and then an apparent seeming Argentine, you know, fellow countrymen walking by, but rather than saying something in Spanish, they said, Guten Tag, mein Führer. And it was cringeworthy, but kind of appropriate. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because if you take a look at some South American countries, there are Brazil and Argentina, particularly a bit in Uruguay fair number of German last names, and they haven't been there for generations. Okay. So I think we also have a BuzzFeed quiz. Oh, on... yes. Oh, yeah. We do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we figured out what, well, we figured out what we think your, um, what period, element on the periodic table you would be, Mr. Nicole, but would you be interested in knowing what BuzzFeed thinks your element would be? How many questions are we at? Um... I have no idea. I think it's around 10. 10 questions to establish somebody's complete personality profile. Sounds valid. Let's go. All right. Number one, Love what is your favorite school subject? Chemistry, biology, English, or history? History. History? Interesting. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Really? We're abandoning the teaching profession so fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The element of the week is meant to give you guys some historical context. You'll, you'll get a lot of really historical stories in chem 30 or chem 35 next year i think it's important to tell those stories so yeah i love history huh. all right next question what is your favorite animal dog cat lizard tiger dolphin kangaroo a tiger's a cat <laughs> yeah, a tiger's a big cat oh domestic cat okay go again dog cat lizard tiger dolphin kangaroo yeah House cat, domestic short hair. All right. Next question. What is your favorite food? Pizza, pasta, burgers and fries. That's one option, burger and fry. Poison, sushi, or tacos? Poison? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can't answer that. Say not poison. <laughs> Going to pizza? <laughs> <laughs> there's so many oh my goodness okay pizza pasta sushi okay so here's how i'm gonna have to attack this problem because it is yes to all of them outside of the obvious one mm -hmm. if they were to say we are banning all types of food because you know there's not one pizza and there's not one pasta yeah and sushi comes in a variety of forms let's get the list again uh, pizza, pasta, burgers and fries, sushi, tacos, and poison. 
Okay, pizza, pasta, burger, good. But if that was the only thing on earth, I'd probably get a little bored of them. Sushi and tacos. Tacos are so variable. There are so many variations on a taco, just like there are on a sushi. Anything can be a taco if you try hard enough. That's true. true. Get a tortilla and throw it in there. Off you go. You could have a burger taco. I think sushi. Okay. Mm. Whoa. Oh, or taco sushi. All right, locking in sushi. That's a tough one. For sure. Choose a superpower. Flight, invisibility, mind reading, supervision, speed, or super intelligence. I'm already super intelligent, so I don't need that. <laughs> Flight is cool, but I feel like it's a little bit limiting. So is speed. Mind reading, if for no other reason, I could get inside of the mind of some of my colleagues and see what the hell they're thinking. <laughs> um, okay, flight, what was it? Invisibility. Uh, yeah, invisibility and supervision were the one, two that you're missing. I don't need invisibility because at the end of the day, I go home and get a book or go online and I'm invisible anyway. <laughs> okay. Speed is fine, but motorcycles and cars. Mm -hmm. I think it would be cool to fly. I don't know if I'd use it or I'd just like fly around. If you were to fly, would you want like actual physical wings to fly or to just float? Kind of I fly? am dying to know what it feels like to be a magpie. <laughs> oh, specifically a magpie or yeah, have they swoop so well i wouldn't want to be like albatross they've got what's called a high aspect wing ratio there's my zoology degree talking <laughs> versus low aspect wing like a magpie or a red-tailed hawk or eagles they have a really nice happy medium between the ability to soar and the ability to take off quickly um any one of those, but yeah, when you look at a magpie sort of take off from a height and then dive and flare the wings and just literally, I know this sounds stupid for a bird, light as a feather, a light on a new surface, the control they have, I would love to feel that. Versus a Superman flight, as long as the wings folded away pretty compactly, I think I'd go for the wings. And then you'd appreciate the effort that it takes also. I think I would probably use my flight. You know what I would do? I would I would stealth plant green roofs all over the city first. I would put gardens on top of every roof. You would stealth plant them though? Yeah, I'd wait until night and then I'd fly some garden material up and grow beets on top of roofs. And then I would bring the beets down at the end of the summer and say, put these in your cellar, they're good for you. Beats. Okay. Well, it doesn't have to be beats. <laughs> <laughs> I think our problem is Jerusalem artichokes, if you like. <laughs> yeah, flight. Plus, okay. then you wouldn't have to worry about airports, right? That's true. That's true. Okay, after the superpower, flight. Next question What is your favorite color? Blue, purple, pink, yellow, green, red? Uh, I like every single color. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> to choose to one. Again, I'm going to do elimination. If they said we're, we're getting rid of all colors. It's funny because I'm looking at some pink orchids right now and they are gorgeous, but also their leaves are green. Sky in the but background. I guess you're looking at the orchid, like the flower pink part, more than the yeah. green. Mm -hmm. Which is really, if you want to reduce it to the, the very basis, most rude thing, an orchid is just a massive sex organ on display oh. <laughs> i did not expect that that's what they are son that's what every flower is <laughs> oh my god i know you're never gonna look at an orchid the same way again that's okay blue versus green what do i keep i think green green yeah i would agree if i can only only see one color for the rest of my life i think it would be best to see green right pink's a hell of a color though yeah, like, but like it would be like gray, 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 hot pink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you see a bear. Yeah. Terrible. But you could do a very, uh, like a manganese two iron has a very, very subtle 
think to it. It would be fine. Hmm. Nah, green. Let's go green. Okay. Locking green. Next question. What is your favorite season? Winter, summer, fall, or spring? Ridiculous question. <laughs> Where? Like, who made these? Like, Phoenix summer? This is BuzzFeed. Yeah, I... BuzzFeed. Sounds like... They're not a lot to expect. Actual giants. <laughs> yeah. Winter. Where winter? <laughs> right here. Where Wait, you winter in Novosibirsk or winter in Tucson, Arizona? They're I think for practicality, let's just say Calgary. Fine. Yeah. I don't but Calgary have, doesn't really have like spring. I was gonna say we have frozen two weeks dry summer, two weeks to freeze winter. Mm. These are impossible questions. <laughs> I think you might be overthinking. Hold on. It. Yeah. Hey, what's my favorite? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Bye. Pardon? What's my favorite season? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Probably fall more than winter, eh? Fall. Fall? Oh, it's two weeks long here. All right. Fall. Uh, Mr. Nicole, what is your favorite state of matter? Solid, liquid, gas, or plasma? Can I contradict myself with the sushi? Go for it. Liquids are pretty awesome. You can paddle in them. <laughs> okay. in them. If you put the right pH, you can attack a person with it. <laughs> but you can neutralize the attack. But like, I'm glad your first cool line of thought. But they're a little nebulous. So I like that. No, I, liquid. If is, oh boy, I go liquid. Liquid? Plasma is a little too warm. I don't like the heat that much. Okay. I'm glad your first line of thought was, how can I use this to attack, attack someone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, first is you could paddle in it. Oh, that's true. Oh, sorry. Second. Second. You could paddle to the attack. Next question. Okay. So the next question, who is your favorite scientist? Einstein, Bohr, Mendeleev, or, oh God. Arrhenius. Yeah, thank you. Arrhenius, <laughs> hands down. How come? Arrhenius has been treated so poorly historically. He came up with the first postulate for theoretical definition of acids and bases. It was not good. So everyone remembers him as shitty acid base theory guy. <laughs> oh no. But he also figured out a way to empirically measure the activation energy of a reaction. His contributions to science were uh, remarkable and he is remembered cruelly for being the first person to have a stab at trying to theoretically define something. And so, no, he's, he's good. Einstein, too cliche, Mendeleev, was really good but what did he do he he wasn't the only one to come up with that periodic table he was just sort of the first one to get recognized as the publisher mm -hmm. so while his contributions were huge there are many others we would have had that periodic table anyway mm -hmm. Fair and who else do we have and Bohr. Bohr was great the problem with Bohr's model is that it works for every element up to and including hydrogen so by the time you get to helium, which is element number two, <laughs> Bohr's model falls apart. Now, without him, we don't have quantum theory. Um, he did some other things. I, th I think the list is truncated. I think um, Marie Curie should be on that list for sure. On the last podcast we did with Mr. Kiziak, we also did a quiz, and it said that um, he's Marie Curie. Like, which historical figure he is? Yeah. Oh, Okay. He's got a really incisive mind. Like, he notices things, right? Yeah, and Curie definitely did that. I think he was a bit offended. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's <really laughs> affecting. She is one of only two people in history to receive independent Nobel Prizes in two different disciplines, and he's offended by that. I, I think, think he wanted Napoleon. Yeah, I think he wanted, like, Alexander the Great. Napoleon, frustrated tyrant. <laughs> yeah, but he talked of all of Europe like five times. 
<laughs> he had to do it five times because he lost. <laughs> he conquered it, then lost it, then conquered it. Do you know Marie Curie's family has five Nobel Prizes? Really? Between wow. her, her husband, and her kids, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow, I would, I would take her any day of the week. Can I vote for her? Is there a write-in ballot? No, there's not. Okay, there's I do other options. Give me Uranus. All right, final question. Choose a type of bond. Ionic, covalent, polar covalent, metallic. Polar covalent. All right, lockium, polar covalent, and I've got the answer. Are you ready for this? If it's carbon, I'm leaving. It is not carbon. <laughs> <laughs> it also it, get... uh, would it be something like oxygen or sulfur? No, it is a noble gas. Really? Yeah. Whoa. So... Um, you got neon. Oh, wow. You can make <laughs> Andrew, do you want to read the description for the oh. BuzzFeed quiz result? Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, look at you shine, neon. You're truly stunning in tacky restaurant signs all over the globe. As a noble guest, <laughs> you like to stick to yourself and things that are familiar to you. Stop you it. Not <laughs> 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 so this is classic good job BuzzFeed writers it's a Barnum statement right yeah. it's it can apply to anyone mm -hmm. at any time in any context in any mood in any season wow okay anything else is there uh what's uh what, what beside BuzzFeed could there be all right I think maybe that will be it for this episode okay, thanks for cesium uranium strontium uh, guys Oh yeah, oh, yeah, of course, of course. Appreciate that. I hope you're happy with your element and that you have a wonderful summer. Stay safe, wash your hands. Mm -hmm. And we will see you in September. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for being our second guest. Take care. You too. Bye. And that this was the third episode of Podcast Cubed. Whee. Does anyone want to say anything, or should I just end the recording now? That would uh, end it.